The Dorkening and all affiliated shows are not intended for anyone under the age of 18. The following may contain discussions or scenes that have adult situations, graphic violence, nudity, strong sexual content, and graphic language. This show is intended for mature audiences only. Viewer discretion is advised. The following episode has been brought to you by the Dorkening Podcast Network and is sponsored by Deadly Grounds Coffee. Three, two, one. And now, you're tuned in to the Navarro Miller Report, featuring the hottest in news, entertainment, sports, and all those topics. For the mainstream audience, the Navarro Miller Report. Welcome to the Navarro Miller Report. I'm your host, Dave Navarro. And I'm Jeremy Miller. And today we have special guest co-host, CEO of Balance 7 Supplements, Dr. Ahmad Nuristani, MD. Doc, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Looking forward. This is going to be an exciting show. Oh, well, I mean, it's kind of going to be exciting. At least with me, you know, <laughs> you got to deal with Jeremy. And I'm, I apologize what? ahead of time for that. What? Jeremy's going to say something, too? I, I might chime in. You oh. know, I, I don't usually have much to say. I'm a real quiet guy. Well, first of all, I'd like to go ahead and uh, welcome everybody uh, back to the Navarro Mail Report. We've been on hiatus for a little bit because we've been preparing because we are a part of now the Dorkening Podcast Network. Uh, I want to thank everybody at the Dorkening for welcoming us into their family. Thanks, guys, so much for having us here. And uh, for all the new viewers that are part of the Dorkening Podcast Network, welcome to our reality. That's what I got to say here. Uh, we got some people that are already chiming in right now on the uh on the uh on the uh chat derek how you doing i says hi gentlemen i'm, I'm gonna go ahead and put him on here be like hey hi how's it going you know, how you doing uh we got some we got a couple other people you know there's derek right there uh we got donnie saying hello all the way from youtube also saying hello right there hi you guys how you doing donnie uh jc hey. long time no see long time no see i'm sorry danny don danny i can't see right now i'm like the heat is like all the sweat all of my eyes. Um, <laughs> we got Jay Season. Hey, Dave Navarro and Jeremy Miller. And nice to meet you, doctor. Welcome back, boys. Welcome. As Good well. Back, and, thank you. And one of uh, one of my, actually, uh, this young lady, all the way from Tallahassee, Meg. Hey, Meg. How you doing? She's actually been listening to me on uh, the radio show that I have on uh, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays on the ride home with the Navarro Miller Report. She's been keeping me on my toes, uh, sending me a lot of uh, songs to go ahead and play on uh, the show. So, Meg, welcome to the show, to, to the stream. And as we would have it, as always, um, we have um, a lot of really cool stuff to talk with you guys about. But before we get into that, I got to go ahead and submit Jeremy to, and you now, doctor, to our TikTok blind reacts, uh, which has to do with a lot of different uh, topics, I guess you might call it, on TikTok. This one in particular has to do with um, the male anatomy and uh, us as guys, and you as a doctor, uh, Dr. Rathani, you could go ahead and vouch for what this gentleman had to say about the male anatomy. Why is it that every person with testicles instinctually knows this? Let's pretend for a second that this is a scrotum. I can tell you right here, right now, there is not a man on this planet Earth that scratches their balls like this. Not going to happen. It's not a leg. I will accept one of two methods. The first for beginners. Grab and you pinch. It itches right here. You pinch. You pinch. Never scratch. Got my old friend back. A lot of people point out that it's not just a pinch, but it's a pinch and roll. Pinch and roll. This next one is advanced though. You anchor it like this, press down, and the other ones just glide over. Glide over, yeah. Get that itch. I will also accept the technique where you lift from underneath and scratch upwards like this. Yes, and yes, my testicles are on my chin. And I'm sorry, because last time I didn't share the one thing that binds every person that has testicles together is that after every method that you do, pinch, lift, downward, scratch, anchor it, all that, you gotta sniff it. I didn't make the rules. Am I wrong? <laughs> I, he's a little wrong, I'm sorry. Um, 
<laughs> Does he ask for a comment? No, I'd say you're wrong. Um, there's no sniffing involved. <laughs> but this this goes back to there was a great film back in the '80s called Just One of the Guys, and this actress is is going to high school disguised as a male. And she's getting tips from her brother and he's talking about how you've got to scratch and you've got to adjust and you've got to, and she looks at him and she goes, but what if my balls don't itch? And he just looks at her very deadpan and says, all balls itch. (laughs) (laughs) Just That's all I could think of watching him. You know what? The only question I have for him is how high is he? Or when that, (laughs) or what is he sniffing? Um, (laughs) Well, I mean, Doc, as as a physician, how accurate is the pinch and roll and the scratch? I mean, how accurate is that? Come you on, know, this, come on. This is, I mean, this is not medicine, right? This is bad habits, right? <laughs> I, and you know what? To be honest with you, you when you gotta itch, you gotta itch. So I, I don't think about. I mean, honestly, who thinks about it though? <laughs> the styles, whatever makes it better. Whatever, but, uh, whatever, gives oh, that, whatever gives you that eye roll back, like, oh yeah, there it is. That's the spot. Put yeah. way too much thought into the different techniques. <laughs> you don't put it there and sniff it. No. <laughs> Oh my god, that was too uh, funny. I was like, good. I was like, that was a good one for that one. Uh the oh. next video, the next video actually has to do with uh, well, I mean, Jeremy, you have a lovely fiance, Joni, and Dr. Nursani, you're a married man as well. So this might hit home to you guys. Just take a look. Yeah. What are you eating? A salad. Why? Because I'm trying to lose my pansa. Babe, no, no, you're not eating that order. You some McDonald's or something. Hell no! I've been falling for your trap for the longest time. I know your plan. What? You want to be gordito so no girl looks at me. I'm done with that. No, okay? Babe, I just want you to be well fed. Well fed my ass. <laughs> That's what you said three years ago. <laughs> Look at me. I'm 20 pounds overweight. So vete la verga. Oh, <laughs> Honestly, because I do all the cooking, I don't really relate to that. But my friends, especially my friends who are Latinx. Oh, dude. Believe me, that is so dead on. It's not even funny. <laughs> it's. <laughs> I honestly believe every Latin woman, every single one, is trying to fatten her man up so nobody else wants it. <laughs> you know, it's really hard once you're married to the wrong woman. It is so hard to, you know, uh, to be safe, especially if you're good looking, and especially <laughs> if you're wealthy, got money. Uh, it doesn't matter, you know where you are or what position you are, you are going to get hit on. I mean, both a woman and man. Mm-hmm. And you got to control yourself in one way or another. So when your, your wife or your husband is uh, not confident enough, I think that they do whatever it takes to keep it, uh, uh, to keep you uh, at home, number one, so you don't go anywhere. <laughs> and then making sure to fit you as much as possible, you know, so you got that pot belly roll and just, you know, uh, make you less attractive. Well, I mean, it's a strategy to keep you to keep keep the marriage going, right? Absolutely. I mean, I'm single and I'm still well fed anyway, so I mean, it doesn't really matter to me. I still eat. <laughs> I can tell you though, men you men can be proactive about that. I mean, my my father when he remarried um, his third wife, both my parents married three times <laughs> for all for both of them. But my father when he remarried was driving a 1970. Uh, Corvette Stingray. And when they got married, the first time he was out driving that car, three girls pulled up at another car and were hitting on him and trying to get him to go with them and all this. He sold the car like the next week. He was like, nope, I'm married. I'm getting my family car. I'm getting, you know, the <laughs> magnet is gone. <laughs> so are you saying that he sold the car and he got those three girls? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> no my dad was a good boy. <laughs> Oh my God, that's great! And the chats, the chats, the we got some people uh, chatting right here. Uh, we got Meg saying basically uh, she's like she's saying I I can't relate. Don't know how to cook. <laughs> she basically she basically also said uh, she, well we got Danny that says I cook microwave food, not so good on regular ovens, but I do okay. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean like it it's 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 funny to me because I mean I also like I, I'm. I tend to, to share uh, the cooking. Actually, uh, if I had a significant other, uh, I, I would more than likely be sharing uh, be sharing the cooking chores because I actually I actually like to cook. 
Um, and I do pretty well. I don't do bad. I mean, every so often I do call Jeremy. I'm like, hey, Jeremy, if I had this outside for a certain every amount of time. So often, be- <laughs> every so often. I get three, I'm not, I get I three calls a week. Yes, <laughs> if you are. If you're if you're not married, you have no idea what you're talking about. Exactly. You absolutely have no clue to enjoy life while left. <laughs> so, I I will I will definitely do what the doctor orders. <laughs> this last video right here. Well, this last video. My life away, and then I'm done. Um, <laughs> This next video, well, I'm just going to leave this one as a surprise for you guys. I'm just going to go ahead and put this one out there. Let's go ahead and check it out right now and see what you guys think. Whoever fought for women to get jobs. Why? Why did we do that? I am so tired. I want to just put my feet up. Like, I am... Oh my god. At this point, now women are just like, why do we why 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 did we even fight to get jobs? I'm tired. I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> I have wondered that myself. <laughs> equality, well, my now. friends. Equality. <laughs> hey, I, I have, you know, I have a, a relative who is um, you know, he's a house husband. His wife has a career that makes considerably more than him. He stayed home. He raised the kids. He did all of that. I have often looked at his life and gone, I'd take that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, that, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. That's a yeah. tough one. You know, genet- I mean, I, man, you're, you're genetically built for, you know, to go provide, be the providers. We got to, uh, and we, we got to reverse the thousands of years of evolution and just, you know, switch the roles. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I see that some people really like it. I know I would shoot myself if I stay home one day. I mean, one day I won't mind, but beyond that, I think I'm just, you know, uh, there, there's going to be a suicide note somewhere. Uh, so, uh, but but I understand some people like it. <laughs> oh my God, we got a- Meg saying, "Amen, sister." OMG! <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, well that was the, that the, that's pretty much uh, the end of the TikTok blind reacts. Uh, hope you guys, hope you guys enjoyed that. Uh, we got some news here coming at you. Um, the first one comes with a surprise something having to do with a surprise uh surprising broccoli (laughs) so yes we have uh a grandfather in um i want to say stour bridge which is in the west midlands in britain got home from a shopping trip at aldi put his groceries in the refrigerator and went to cook some broccoli the next day he unwrapped it and found a snake in his package of broccoli are you sure that was that wasn't just the like uh, come on? We like, hey, is that a snake in broccoli? <laughs> Maybe it was a Geico from that commercial. Yeah, seriously. No, this was a ladder snake, which thankfully is not poisonous, but does have some serious teeth and can can give you a really nasty bite. Um, it's not a surprise this grandfather was hoping to find. Uh, he takes care of his disabled son, as well as he has an elderly um, parent in the house as well. So he is asking for some sort of reco- recompense <laughs> from Aldi. And what they have offered him so far apparently is not up to scratch. So he is fighting for more. But yeah, can you imagine you bring home your groceries and there is... A snake. I mean, I'm good with snakes. I'm fine with them. I've had snakes. I have friends who've had snakes. But there are people who have real... I mean, can you imagine someone with a phobia of snakes opening that up and he's just grinning up at you? Uh, how big that thing was? I mean, could it be said, more than I mean, like this? The ladder say so it's probably only about a foot and a half, foot to a foot and a half yeah. tops. But he was all curled up in the little package of broccoli and all these made a statement saying that their supplier has never had a complaint like this they have rigorous processes to keep this from happening and that this was a one-off occurrence but uh i think they're definitely gonna have to pay out a little what if uh, what if he big fished it you know make it an anaconda sounds great (laughs) (laughs) but his point his point was he was he said i feel lucky i threw it in the refrigerator 
He said, if I'd left my groceries on the counter, it could have gotten out in the house and actually, you know, bit somebody. So the guy's got a point, but I, I just, I cannot imagine. I mean, I have family members who would literally jump through the ceiling. They would be a cat, like in the yeah. commercials. They would, they would be on the roof. Is that Florida? I, actually, it was Britain, which was amazing. Britain? Yeah. Yeah, no, no, I don't know Florida man. We'll, we'll get to the Florida man. He's actually been really nice. Um, obviously, the doc has been watching our show, and he's not, he's aware of Florida man. Um, we got Derek saying, at least it wasn't a one-eyed trouser snake. Good one. <laughs> oh my God, it's yeah, no, nah, that's I'm definitely the. And then we got JC saying, "Oh, good lord." Um, I, I mean, I, I got to be honest. It's uh, is. I'm not afraid of snakes. I'm cautious of them, but I'm not afraid of them. What I am terrified of are spiders. Those things scare the crap out of me. Those little creepy crawlers, critters. No, thanks. I'm good with that. I, I, <laughs> I told you how to get over that. You just let a tarantula crawl on you. It'll, no, it'll cure you. you. It'll no, cure thank, you. Let, no, I'm good. I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine with that. <laughs> No, I'm, I'm good with it. I'm good. No, no, thanks. <laughs> moving on, moving on to some other weird and outlandish news. We got a hawk that goes postal. What the hell happened there? <laughs> so apparently mail delivery has had to be suspended in a Texas neighborhood, in the neighborhood of Travis Heights outside of Austin, Texas, because there is a rogue hawk dive bombing mail carriers and people who leave their house basically the u.s postal service released a statement saying the safety of our workers is of the utmost you know priority to us and residents in this area will have to come to our offices to pick up their mail for the foreseeable future because this hawk is literally attacking anybody who walks mm. down the street Somebody's and... late with their payment. <laughs> <laughs> well, the zoologists chimed in <laughs> and have said that it's most likely the time of year being that it, what time of year it is that he has uh, young hawks probably in the nest with him. Mm. And until they're able to fly on their own, this hawk is going to be extremely aggressive towards anything he sees as a threat. So it, this hawk has been attacking joggers, people who get out of their car just walking, you know, to their house. And apparently it really hates mail carriers. So yeah, <laughs> the US Postal Service. <laughs> the US Postal Service has actually had to suspend any service in this entire town. Oh, oh wow. Man. That's crazy. Wow. What, what about female yeah. characters? Wait, wait, wait. I mean, I got a, a question. Did yeah. you say Texas? Yes. <laughs> really? And and uh, no one has I'm... shot it amazingly enough. Exactly. That's <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised. Like, what? <laughs> are you talking about Hoggett's lunch or dinner? I mean, like, yeah, what are you talking about? Exactly. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got Jason Strickland saying hawks are mega territorial, especially if they're parent if they're parents. So Jeremy, you're dead on. That's very true. That's very true. And well, it's funny because animals have been like prone to attacking humans this week for some reason, because actually on my radio show just yesterday, I talked about an otter that has been terrorizing surfers in Santa Cruz, California. Mm -hmm. like, 55 pound otter. They said big freaking otter. I saw the video that thing took like damn near a quarter of the surfboard. It was huge. That's what she said. Um, so, so basically, I mean, you know, like, I don't know. Animals are probably starting to get kind of sick and tired of humans taking over their territory, yeah. in my opinion. I don't know. You well, know me. Said Santa Cruz, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, probably that otter is high. <laughs> i mean i mean and i mean kind of a i kind of, i mean kind of, kind of a joke yesterday i mean surfers better beware because you know they better listen to the game warnings because you know they better not be going in through one ear and out the otter uh, <laughs> terrible terrible that was bad you guys gotta give me a little something for that one <laughs> on the serious side with this though it's i mean i'm not getting political about anything it just you know, with climate change, with things change, animals are acting differently. You know, we've got orcas that are attacking boats on a regular basis in the oceans now. Sharks have been attacking more. They're, you know, being driven out of the deeper, colder waters by temperatures and things like that. Animals are behaving in ways we've never seen them act because their environment is changing. So, you, you know what? Even humans are acting weird, right? They're mm -hmm. attacking everybody. Absolutely. Yeah, if the world the world's the topsy turvy place. <laughs> well, guys, I mean, we got some warming. entertaining news. 
Exactly. That too. Yeah. We got some entertainment news coming at you guys, but first we have a uh, brand new sponsors here. We got deadly grounds coffee coming at you right after this. We'll get into some, uh, entertainment news everyone thinks because you're a zombie you don't know good coffee well they're wrong there's only one brew that gets my seal of approval deadly grounds coffee is my guilty pleasure the aroma is so intoxicating it brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork deadly grounds coffee coffee to die for and zombie approved it's good to get a little deadly use the front door Oh, they're so disgusting. <laughs> Back to the Navarro Miller Report. And uh, we, we have some uh, entertainment news coming at you right now. Obviously, we all know what's happening. We all know that the actors are now have now joined the WGA East and West in, on their strike. Uh, Fran Drescher actually went ahead and bashed uh, members of, the, of these production studios, basically saying that they were trying, uh, according to her, they were allegedly trying to, uh, I guess, um, delay the actors from joining the strike, or they were trying to tell them something that says, basically, according to TMZ.com, says, quote, Fran says her union was sincere in extending the strike deadline 12 days in hopes to avoid a nasty standoff. But she's convinced the studios weren't negotiating in good faith and only wanted to use the extension to hold premieres for some upcoming flicks like Barbie and obviously Oppenheimer as well. Uh, that's actually I would think that that's actually a valid um, a valid uh, theory because, I mean, they have a lot of movies big that they spend a lot of money on. And they're premiering this week. And right when it's premiering, the actors go on strike. Now, the rules for SAG is that part of the rules is that actors cannot do any appearances, cannot do any signings, cannot obviously cannot act in anything, cannot do any interviews. Uh, they can't do any podcast appearance. Jeremy, what are you still doing here? Uh, it's they our can't... podcast. <laughs> I was trying to get him out of here, but it doesn't work. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I mean, obviously there's, uh, there's definitely, um, there's definitely some sneaky type of uh, underhandedness that these these uh, students are trying to do. And one of the the things that they were trying to do is that they were actually trying to Disney actually came up with a proposal to scan uh, background actors likeness, pay them for one day and then use their likeness without paying them for the rest of their of their lives that is using A.I by the way. And that is something that is just insane. They're trying like, to me, it's just, that's just screams greed. Um, and right now AI, and I've been saying this for the longest time, AI is something that is, I mean, we were talking about this earlier, doc, you know, to, to some degree it is useful, but to some degree it's not. They were talking about using, uh, you know, uh, the chatbot to create scripts, to create movies. The problem with these chatbots and things like that is that they may be able to create scripts. They may be able to create movies, but the emotion that is behind these movies, no chat, no AI will ever be able to create. And I'm speaking as a writer. I've written many scripts. Many of the scripts that I've written come from part of my life, things that I have experienced. No chat, no artificial intelligence will be able to ever duplicate anything that I've written down. And it's happening also in the in in work industry. I'm reading something off of at puberty on Instagram that says CEO. And I read this on my show actually uh, yesterday. CEO fires 90 percent of support staff claiming AI quote outperforms them all. And people are furious. No shit. It says right here, Sumit Shah, CEO of Dukan, a Bengaluru-based platform for online storefronts, sparked outrage on social media when he announced the replacement of his support staff with an AI chatbot. Shah claimed that the chatbot that the chatbot reduced customer support costs by 85% and responded to queries in under two minutes, while the human team took over two hours. Critics argued that the move was driven by. Uh, failing business and lack of funding rather than the benefits of AI. They also highlighted the lack of empathy and respect towards the laid off staff. Shaw, though, regretting the, his Twitter announcement, defended the decisions, uh, stating that AI driven job displacement is an inevitable trend. Actually, you can avoid it by not using it strictly just for that. 
And this is something that they're that the studios are trying to also implement slowly but surely. And this is not good. So, Jeremy, as an actor and as a part of SAG-AFTRA, I mean, we talked about this a little bit yesterday. I called you yesterday and you gave your opinions on the actors joining the strike. I know that you had a lot more to say that because we didn't have that much time yesterday. So, I mean, I'm going to leave it up to you as to what your thoughts are on everything that's going on. Well, let's be clear. I mean, anytime you get into these type of negotiations, the powers that be are always in the position of power. You know, these are billion dollar companies. These are companies that are making money hand over fist. They can afford to wait. They can afford to drag their feet. They can afford to sit on their butts and do absolutely nothing for the next year. Actors can't. You know, that's why we got to try and put as much pressure on them as we can, as quick as we can. But it doesn't shock me that they were dragging their feet, that maybe the negotiations were not going, um, you know, not being conducted in good faith. That doesn't surprise me at all. Um, you know, the production companies have been doing this stuff for a very long time. The AI part of it is huge. It's, it's another way for them to try and screw the creators and performers out of their money. You know, that's that's what they're looking for. It's just another way. It's greed. I mean, it's you posted something, Dave, and it had the listing of, you know, how much Netflix is making, how much Amazon is making. I mean, per month, these companies are making billions and billions of dollars. And if they're not making billions, they're making hundreds of millions per month. And yet they want to claim poor. They want to claim like they don't have any money. You're, you're paying your CEOs. You're paying everybody up at the top tons of money you're you're raking it in left and right and yet the people who actually make and create the product that you are making so much money off of you refuse to pay properly or reimburse properly i mean they wanted to bring back elvis in a movie and they didn't want to pay his estate you know they they were talking about bringing back other older actors through ai and not paying their estate are you kidding me you're using their likeness this is a big part of negotiations um the distributions from streaming platforms, all of this new media that's coming out and new ways of distributing and viewing and everything else. These have to be renegotiated. We can't mm -hmm. go with the old formulas because the old formulas don't fit anymore. That's what this is all about. It's not just one thing. There is so much over the last 10 years that has changed with this industry. And not only are they trying to fight for our rights and for proper compensation and being taken care of for the stuff that has been done before, but they're looking forward as well to this AI kind of stuff and the changes that will be coming next. And how do we protect the, the artists? You know, the fact is, I'm sorry, I don't, as you said, Dave, I don't care how much you get done with AI. I don't care what you do. You cannot make great films without great writers and great actors. Very true. Because I mean, person. at the end of the day, it's 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 a robot. Yes. They can't put emotion on a robot. They Every can't put a person involved in the film from top to bottom is insanely important. <clears throat> and I mean everybody, their abilities, but the creative ability of an actor or a writer is different than the technical ability of a grip, a lighting person, a cameraman, a director of photography, you know, even the director, you know. Great actors and great scripts can save a poor director and still make a great project. You know, that's the truth. I'm not dissing on directors, but the creative process of making great art, especially film, television, those kinds of things. If you do not have the writers and the actors bringing the emotion, bringing the, the, the depth, the humanity and the reality to the project, it's not going anywhere. And, you know, that's the plain and simple fact. They need to recognize, you know, that the money they're making, the filthy amounts of money that they are making are built solely on the backs of the writers and the actors. Everyone else is incredibly important. I'm not dogging on any of that, but you do not get the great film, the great classics, the things that move you and sit with you and, you know, resonate throughout your life every time you watch them without the create you know creative ability of your writers and your actors so 100 100%, 100%. behind all of this i there's so much that needs to be worked out it's not just one thing but uh you know it needs to get taken care of no i 100 agree it's like it's like if uh if uh all of a sudden you know doctors would be replaced you know by ai 
all of a sudden but, chat box chat box it's bad enough that people get their diagnosis off of webmd imagine now a chatbot so I, diagnosis you'd be surprised so i mean i just want to just touch base on what jeremy said that you know 100 percent agree with you that technology obviously has evolved over the last 40 years. In the last two years, it has leaps and jumped, leaps and bounds, you know, and, and it's going in the speed of light. I was sharing with Dave that, uh, you know, I just, uh, I could tell, you know, chat JPD to write me with whatever the hell I want within 10 seconds. I don't have to waste my time now, not as a creative person or a creative writer, but write me what I want to talk about, mm -hmm. for example. Uh, you know, so there's two things that we have to keep in mind. And, you know, we are in the same boat like everybody else. We have to deal with technology. There's no way around it. We can't just say bullshit. We're not going to use technology. Mm -hmm. It's how are we going to use technology? For example, new jobs are pro uh, popping up everywhere as prompt engineer. The prompt engineer are these people who's going to write a specific prompt for ChatGPT or these other uh, algorithm um, sites that tells them what to create and how to create properly. So the better you write the prompt, the better pictures you get, the better film you get, the better every screen you get, everything is based on the prompt. So now thousands and hundreds and millions of jobs are created just as a prompt writer, a prompt manager literally, or a prompt engineer they call it. So technology has it is challenging, but also it recreates some more jobs. You can never replace human emotions, and that's what's separate. You can never create a story as good as it comes from a personal touch or the story that we develop, uh, we have seen, or being part of it, or something that we knew and felt so deeply passionate about it. And if you can't get that passion across your audience, then you're you're not you're not getting that, that facial expression, that feeling, that emotion, and that I don't think as of yet that any um, anybody could recreate. And I, there was a movie with uh, Al Pacino, I'm, I'm not sure, I don't remember the name, that he creating the entire movie based on that uh, a, um, a, a computer, uh, computer assimilation. I'm not sure if you remember that movie. Vaguely. Vaguely, I mean, just the whole, and this is 10 years ago. They So basically, obviously, it was an, I don't remember who the actress was, but it was the concept was there that the entire movie was like literally was created based on that uh, uh, AI at that time. So at that time, everybody was like, this is futuristic. They know they use human, but the time is now here. Uh, and I mean, obviously, that was a real person getting the emotions and everything into place. But the fact is that, you know, technology will catch up with everything that we think that we cannot, that, you know, computer can, they will. In our area, I mean, we could, in medicine, I mean, they could give me a differential diagnosis and chat. I mean, I, and Google will give me 20 things to think about. But the only difference is what happens when things goes wrong and mm -hmm. what happens things are not on the text, you know. Hey, there's a joke. Hey, the guy, you know, a, you know, a surgeon goes in to fix his car, and uh, uh, the mechanic says, "Hey, dude, there's no difference between you and me. I'm fixing the car, you know, it's size engine and all the parts, and you're working on human being. It's the same thing." So the surgeon goes, "Great, you're absolutely right. But now turn on the engine. Now work on your car, and we'll see what happens." <laughs> uh, so part of that sure. thing is that that. You know, when there's just this algorithm that everybody can follow, 90% of the time it works well. That one 10% of the time that it doesn't work, people will die because there's the instinct that mm -hmm. robot cannot have. Mm -hmm. The actor or actress's instinct, the writer's imagination and instinct. You can revive, no robot can do that. Yet we're not, technology hasn't gotten there uh, to get us to that point of where to assimilate this feeling and emotion in a deeper level, that our subconscious level, because as a writer, it's absolutely phenomenal to see something come alive from, you know, their subconscious. And you can't replace that with anything else because what the computer does takes that subconscious, they cheat. They take your <laughs> subconscious, 
redirect or redesign it and give it 20 or 100 different story based on your subconscious as a writer. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so I, I agree with you 100%, you know, just that there has to be some way forward to share revenue to create that. As you say, greed is the number one cause of everything. And uh, you're right. A lot of people, I take care of a, bunch, a lot of actress and actors who have nowhere to go for healthcare, for example. I mean, it, it's sad to see it. I mean, these are some talented people mm-hmm. and yet they suffer. They're paycheck to paycheck. They're barely making it. And and then you see the companies they're working are a multi-billion dollar industry. And yeah. they, is, you know, they could easily provide healthcare insurance for these people. So if to you don't that... fight for your right, you, you can't get it. Exactly. To that point, it, it is, you know, I think a lot of times the actors have a hard time um, gaining sympathy for a strike or for their position because the general public only sees the A-listers. You know, they see the Leo DiCaprio and the Brad Pitt and those guys and, you know, making 20 million a movie guaranteed. Those aren't the people that SAG's fighting for. Those people are, have it made. Those people, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they can dictate the terms of any contract they want. It's not a problem. That's not who the strike is about and who they're fighting for. They're fighting for all the actors and actresses like me. You know, the mid the mid level people who, you know, have had success and are still doing it, but aren't working, you know, aren't working on a hit show at the time. You know, the people who are struggling and coming up, who are working guest spots, who are working, you know, um, extra work, working through central casting, doing extra stuff. That's who they're fighting for. These are people, everyday people like you and me who are fighting, you know, paycheck to paycheck to survive. And this is, you're not talking about a bunch of bitchy millionaires here who, you know, are, are complaining they're just not getting enough. These are, these are hardworking people who, you know, yeah, may make $100,000 to make a movie, but they then pay this person 10%, that person 10%, taxes, da, 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 whatever they end up with now has to last them until their next job. You know, this is not a, that's why so many actors and actresses have side jobs, have backup gigs, you know, even guys that, I mean, I, I personally know two Academy Award winning actors who haven't had a, a film or television gig in five years and they're Academy mm-hmm. Award winners. So this is, you know, it's it's a crazy business. You, you know, what? Uh, about two years ago, I have two non-for-profit, two clinics who provide free care for anybody who is without insurance. One in San Luis Obispo, and we created in, in um, Lompoc, the second one. We have done over $70 million worth of free care so far for hundreds and thousands of people. You know, I was the next one when my project is to create one in Beverly Hill, and everybody laughed at me saying, Beverly Hill, what's wrong with you? Yeah, that's that's the rich people where it lives. I said, you know, nobody needs it. I said, you know what? Think about it. All these rich people, who serves them? Who's the you know make their coffee? Who they clean their home? Where? Mm-hmm. I mean, all these people that lives around these people that provide services are people who have nowhere to go and they're poor. So no, you just don't understand it. Don't look at the higher ups and mm-hmm. make the judgment because the higher up is 1% or 2% of population around. The other 98% is these poor people barely making it in Absolutely. that industry. That's a great idea, Doc. And, and, to, the, and to, that, to that point, I mean, we could we could talk about this uh, for, for like the entire time that we're here, but we got a short time here. Uh, I just wanted to piggyback on one point that you made is the fact of the matter that, you know, this isn't for the, the actors that are already established. However, the actors that are already established are joining the actor's strike because at the end of the day, they've been there. They know what it's like to struggle. And, and they may be there again. Exactly. So they are there to go ahead and back everybody else up as well. So I'm really happy to hear that. Uh, JC also had uh, a comment, actually, uh, you know, to some of the stuff that you were talking about, Jeremy says, uh, there's the old axiom. If it ain't on the page, it ain't on the stage. What these execs need to respect is the same can be said about those who bring the words into actions and draws the actors and performers and wake up to the concept of mutual admiration uh, society and work together to end this thing and move on. So that's, that's, a, that's, that, like, that's a good point right there. So, I mean, we'll just have to like, uh, you know, keep on, 
seeing how what happens with uh with the actor strike because it doesn't look like it's gonna go anywhere anytime soon. So we're in it for the long haul for a while until these studios actually wake up and smell the coffee eventually. In other entertainment news, Dr. Dre refused to produce with top musicians. Now, Dr. Dre, obviously we know uh, he's a billionaire. I mean, he's made his money. Like they made the movie NWA uh, pretty much talking about how he, he started and everything. And what's really interesting about this is that it seems that Dr. Dre tends to pay it forward. I mean, people gave him a shot when he was when he was just an up and coming DJ. So it seems to me that, you know, he's paying it forward by only working with uh, with unestablished artists. Now, he's had the opportunity, according to TMZ, he's had the opportunity to work with established artists such as Stevie Wonder, Michael Jackson, Prince, and the list goes on. But he doesn't he doesn't work with them. He'd rather work with people that are uh, that are already that are unestablished rather than people that are established, not only giving them a shot. But I mean, I think that this is brilliant and this has actually worked to his benefit because look at people like Snoop Dogg, look at people like Eminem. These people were not established and then just blew up after Dre got their hands on them. I mean, to me, this is the smartest thing to, to, to go and do, in my opinion. I mean, Doc, I, I, you know, would you would you would you agree with uh, with Dr. Dre's, uh, you know, way of thinking? Absolutely. There's no question about it. And once again, how are you going to help those in need? Right. I, mean, I understand you collaborating for a specific project with people famous or unfamous. But once you get to the top, which Dr. Dre is not only from a talent standpoint, but also financially, where he is at, you know, reaching down and helping these people that are, you know, most majority of them have that don't have anything to give lend them a hand to pay it forward to get them to the next, uh, you know, to the next level so they could repeat that cycle and maybe they are good enough, maybe they're kind enough, maybe they're honest enough to recognize the help they got so they could go back and pull somebody else out of poverty uh, and contribute to the society in so many meaningful ways. So. I mean, absolutely, I got to give it to him with his stand and and, uh, and the, the pursuit of you know, providing uh, justice to people who know where to go. I mean, we I grew up in you know, from a family which I came with nothing, you know, so my goal now in life is to give back. How do you give back? You can't give back to, to millionaires and billionaires. They don't need you. They don't. Yes, you might do it for more fame, which... He's already accomplished that. He can't get, you know, he's paying. I mean, he made mm -hmm. his fame and fortune. So now how you transform people's life at, 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 at the places where they need the most help? How are you, you going to extend that? You know, how you take him under your wing and teach him and teach him the rope, show him the way. Uh, so it's, it's just a blessing to see people like that taking a stand and doing what, what you know, what they're preaching. I agree completely. Um, I mean, I love that he does it that way, but I'll take it a different direction as well. You know, as a producer, I'm sure it's easier for him as well to work with up and comers because they don't already have their style. They don't already have their way of doing things and their sound, that and their, you know, whatever it is that makes them them. I, I doubt he could be as creative with the producing process as he would want to be with established artists like that as well. Um, you know, he seems like the type of guy who wants to put as much of his signature on it as he can. And I don't know how much you can do that with people like Michael Jackson and Prince and Stevie and, you know, these established legends. No, I agree. And I mean, you, I'll even take it a step further as well is like, you know, not that not that Michael Jackson, you know, and Stevie Wonder and Prince wouldn't have respect for Dr. Dre, but they would see him as an equal versus these rookies that are coming up. They are like, oh, my God, my song's being produced by Dr. Freaking Dre. Well, yeah, like, you can't, those kids are going to be taking every word he says as gospel. You know, they are going to they are going to follow his direction to a T. And I'm sure he doesn't you know, I'm sure he gives them the ability to express their stuff. But, you know, again. Would you rather have someone coming in with their idea of how they want to do it? Or would you rather have someone come in who's a blank slate who you can, you know, kind of teach and show the ropes and and have them be a sponge just sucking up everything you're teaching them? I, I know which one I would want to work with more. Agreed. Agreed. So, I mean, I, I, and that's the reason why he's become such a success. That's why he's one of the reasons why he's a billionaire is <laughs> for that. 
for all these unknown artists that have actually helped them out. So good for Dre on that one. Uh, in other entertainment news, obviously we we we. We read uh, what happened last uh, last week, actually. Britney Spears got smacked in the face by uh, Victor Wimbamaya's, uh, 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 Victor uh, Wimban- Wimbanyama, I can't pronounce his long name. Uh, uh, his security smacked Britney when she tried to tap him on the shoulder to get his attention in uh, at, uh, at a restaurant in Las Vegas. And uh, that was a huge story. Everybody's talking about it. I mean, uh, Victor has his version. Uh, he claims that she tried to grab him, which I saw the video. Didn't look like she was trying to grab him. She was trying to tap him. Uh, Brittany says that she was exactly that, dude, trying to tap him. So there's there's discrepancies in the story, but obviously Victor went ahead and apologized, allegedly. Uh, but that's not good enough. That's not good enough, according to Britney Spears. Uh, it says, uh, this is according to the USA Today, and it says uh, Britney Spears is still waiting on a public apology from San Antonio Spurs rookie Victor Wimbanyama and his security team after an incident at a Las Vegas casino went viral and made headlines last week. So a private apology is not good enough. She wants a public one. I mean, I don't know. It seems to be, I mean, okay. So I can see it the way she's looking at it, that the slap was public. So therefore, the apology needs to be public as well. Uh, The fact of the matter that Victor said that, you know, publicly said that he felt somebody grab him was a stretch publicly. So uh, I don't know. It just seems that it just seems that Brittany might have a point in wanting a public apology, seeing as she was made kind of to look like like a groupie trying to grab him or something like that, according to what uh, allegedly, according to what uh, Victor said in, in a very public uh, news uh, press conference. So I don't know. I mean, Jeremy, you you have an opinion about this when I first brought up this news story to you. Truthfully, I think she's blowing it out of proportion. I'm not somebody who cares about that kind of stuff. Somebody comes to me and apologizes for a situation that happened. I'm going to take it at that. I don't need it to be some public affair, whether the incident was public or not. So I don't understand that side of it. I think I think she's making it into more than it is. I mean, I've had moments like this. I mean, Joni and I go to all sorts of red carpet events and premieres and screenings and charity things. And I don't know how many times I've had A-listers and their security team that something has happened. And, you know, perhaps, I mean, I'll give you one example. We were at an AOL event, um, an Apple event that they were doing for their first live streaming TV is long before Apple TV. And um, Freddie Prince was there accepting an award on behalf of his father. Freddie Prince Jr. was being, you know, Freddie Prince was being honored and his son was there to accept the award. So his his wife was there as well. And she had had a couple and she kept stepping on Joni's feet and bumping into her at the conference. And Joni turned around and was like basically going to clock her and be like, what the hell is your problem? And the security team like moved in front, you know, two six foot four, 350 pound guys moved in front of Joni and kind of moved her back a little bit. They weren't rough. It wasn't inappropriate. But anytime you're dealing with a security team and you get close to them, there is a possibility. I mean, these people's job is to keep them safe. Their job is not to ask questions. Their job is not to, you know, assess the situation first. Oh, this person's a big star. I should let them in. Their job is to keep this person safe and they're going to react however they react to doing their job. Um, so I, I think she's making a little too much out of it. Um, it happened. He apologized. Should he, should he come out and clarify the situation publicly? Maybe, but I think she's, I think she's, you know, kind of blowing it out of proportion here. Yeah. I think how many people died in Syria? No. You know, yeah. Britain exactly. is very short. Exactly. Yeah. There we go. That's my comment. <laughs> it's a good, you, you said more than I did. And it only took you one sentence. <laughs> Just like a couple of sentences right there. <laughs> like, okay. Next. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, we got JC also is agreeing with everybody here as well. Uh, JC is basically saying Spears is trying to make a mountain uh, out of an, a mountain of an event out of a molehill sized misinterpretation to embarrass Victor because she was embarrassed at the time and she feels this is karmic justice. So, I mean, it's possible. Yeah. I mean, and that, and the fact of the matter, I think that when she asked for this, 
public apology she was also kind of promoting her new book um you know which uh again i said yesterday her new book uh entitled how to get smacked twice by security no wait that's not it um you know uh you know, it's also the the book is actually entitled "The Woman in Me," which talks about her other personality. Uh, no, that's not it either. Um, anyways, uh, so <laughs> I can't help it. I can't help it. Anyways, um, we got to do an apology. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna have to give her a public apology. I, I, I'm, so, I'm sorry for the bad jokes. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry for being on the show with Jeremy. I have a lot to apologize for. <laughs> anyways we're moving on to some sports here coming up next uh we got some sports uh for everybody here but first and 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 some people are like saying oh my god commercials here too well yeah because you know they're fun so you know have fun with it we'll be right back has never been so enjoyable if you had the misfortune to have been born after 1990, then you missed out on a lot of cool stuff. Then is Now Podcast is here to remedy that. Join Rigor and his dedicated band of rotating hosts as they tackle pop culture of the past and how it relates today. From celebrity interviews to film and TV discussion and beyond, Then Is Now Podcast brings you up to speed on all the cool stuff that you should know about. Plus, the East meets the West. If you enjoy movies that have lots of shooting and fighting, then there's a whole world of films out there that you don't even know about. Join our hosts on a journey as they discuss the amazing kung fu films of the Shaw Brothers and western films made in Italy that have become known as Spaghetti Westerns. Action, adventure, kung fu fighting, both shows and more can be found at havenpodcasts.com. Warning may cause nostalgic feelings and eliminate boredom. I love those kung fu movies. Yeah, I gotta say, <laughs> I so grew do up I. with it. I Same grew here. up with them. Saturday yeah, mornings. Heck yeah. Yeah, no, when I was watching, when I saw that commercial, it just reminded me of uh, one of the nights that we hung out at your place, Jeremy, with Joni, just watching those like random crazy movies that you put on. And I'm like, oh, Master, uh, you know, uh, Science Theater. What is it? Master Science Theater? Mystery Science Theater. Mystery Science Theater. That's the one. We always do that every time that we watch a movie. So that was, that's always enjoyable for me because we always make fun of the craziness that happens in these movies. Uh, <laughs> moving on to some sports, LeBron James. Announced at the ESPYs, he's not going anywhere. Uh, during his speech after accepting uh, his his award yesterday at the ESPYs, uh, James went ahead and openly uh, basically said that, uh, uh, quote, I don't care how many more points I score or what I can or cannot do on the floor. Uh, the real question for me is, can I play without cheating this game? The day I can't give everything on the floor is the day I'll be done. Lucky for you guys, that day is not today. So he will be coming back to the Lakers for his 21st season uh, in the NBA. And I mean, you know, Doc, you're obviously a Lakers fan. You're, I mean, you see, you look like you're pretty excited for this decision. <laughs> well, you know what? I, I mean, the fact that LeBron is playing for 21 years at this high intensity. It's a miracle. I mean, you know, I mean, I haven't seen, I've been watching NBA since I was a kid. I have not seen anybody come close to the intensity for this duration. I mean, when he performs and when he says he doesn't cheat the game, he doesn't, he really puts his heart and soul. Well, defense is different the story, but you know, at his age, he gives every ounce of it when he's there and he wants to win. You know, he's, uh, you know, who, I, I don't know anybody at this stage of their career is so dedicated to their body and their fitness and their health than LeBron. He spends more than a million dollars a year on his health alone. So that tells you how dedicated he is to his craft. So it's, it's a, for me as a football fan, I mean, as a basketball fan, it is exciting to see him perform at that high level and not cheat, you know, not taking every other day. It's a day game day off. I'm not feeling good on, on and off. I mean, he plays, he plays and he plays really hard, especially in the last two years. Uh, plus I think we have an unfinished business. I'm not sure if Lakers going to make it this year, but you know, they, with LeBron, you can never count him out. And look at what happened this, uh, this year, right? I mean, we barely made it on a, 
uh, on the what game eight, the game, you know, getting into this, uh, you know, um, playing tournament, and then to go beyond that, or just a, a you know, miracle, but uh, but it tells you about who he is and how he people around him, you know, want to be part of the legacy, want to be part of uh, uh, the team that he is in, and so hopefully, I mean, you, you bring a second banner to LA. In this, uh, but if not, then I think we, as a fan, we appreciate him being on the court. It's Absolutely. good for business. It's good for basketball. It's good for, it's good for the world. He does a lot of great things beside basketball. So. And here's a here's the thing: a lot of people don't think about. I read this in an article uh, probably last year, because of when LeBron came out of high school and came in, you know, came right out of high school, didn't play in college, so he's been playing since he was 18 years old. And has made the playoffs all but, I think, two years in his career. If you add up all the games, he has played more games. He has put more miles on his body than any player in the history of the game. No one has ever played as many games if you add up all the every playoff series. that Because, I mean, his teams are never eliminated in the first round. It's always second round, third round, the finals, the, you know. It's he has added another 20 to 30 games every single year on top of the season. So the fact that this man, I, I mean, I've never I appreciate LeBron James. I've never been a huge fan, but I appreciate him and watching him still compete at a high level at this age with that kind of mileage on his body is just amazing. to me. Absolutely. Absolutely. So here's hoping that, uh, you know, he doesn't go anywhere anytime soon. Uh, a lot of people actually in the chat are actually uh, uh, saying that they don't they don't want him to go anywhere at this time. Uh, we got Meg that basically uh, she she went ahead and uh, added her comment right there saying, James better not go anywhere. I like him. I think we all <laughs> like him here in Los Angeles. So I agree with that. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see how um, we'll see how this season plays out. I mean, like you said, Doc, we have some unfinished business, but we'll go ahead and see exactly how that all goes. Now, um, before we go ahead and uh, wrap things up, I wanted to actually get, take some time out for you, Doc, uh, Dr. Dr. Ahmad Nuristani. Uh, you know, you are a medical doctor, but you're also the CEO of uh, Balance 7, which is a supplement that has actually helped a lot of people that have a lot of very serious ailments, including cancer. I mean, can you tell us a little bit about Balance 7? So Balance 7 is a very highly concentrated alkaline pH uh, um, supplement. What it does, so we know that now over the years of um, experimenting and data that we have collected, and maybe in the last 10 years, we have finally realized what are the root cause of majority of disease like diabetes, hypertension, heart disease, cancer, stroke, et cetera, et cetera. They have, all have something in common, and that's just called too much acid load inside internally in your body. Uh, so this uh, supplement does wonders because it's extremely powerful. It's 1,500 times stronger than your drinking water. So when it goes to your body, it transitions and transforms you internally at cellular level, changes that pH. So therefore, allow your body to function at the higher capacity. Your immune system is on, you know, on a different gear. Uh, it, uh, your inflammation, it decreased so much inflammation throughout your body. So joint pain, et cetera, is being uh, decreased. If you have acid reflux, et cetera, just because it's a high pH and, you know, it neutralized some of that acid. Um, we had a lot of people who went through chemotherapy and they have nausea, vomiting, weight loss, et cetera. So we have tried that as a supplement for them to help them navigate that really dangerous side effect of that and tame it a little more so they could be more receptive to chemotherapy. So it has just absolutely amazing results in the last three years. Hundreds and hundreds of my patients are taking it and not a single person is, uh, have been giving back to me and saying, we love this or it has changed our life in so many ways. Uh, obviously, this is not a magical pill that you're going to take and it's going to fix you. Uh, it's in conjunction with your diet and healthy habit and exercise. It will transform you internally. And that is the key that you might look good out from outside. You look good from outside. I don't know what's going on inside, but we want to make sure that we continue that. And, and, you know, the education part of it is it tastes, when you take it, everybody's going to taste it differently. 
Some people are going to say, oh, my God, I can't even touch this. I'm going to vomit. You know, some patients have told me. But it's a good indication of what your pH level is at any given moment. So and I guarantee. Have, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry to just say this real quick. We actually have somebody here. Uh, JC actually has a question for you, doctor. Uh, he says, Dr. Nuristani, uh, is this good for someone who's T2 diabetes uh, and a benign thyroid condition who wants to make big changes to improve their health? You know, absolutely. Di you know, everybody with diabetes goes through this process called diabetic ketoacidosis. That means too much acid in your body because there's too much sugar. It's not really processed well. You don't have enough insulin or your body's becoming resistant to insulin. Although you have insulin, you can use it. So when you, you know, exercise, eat well and, you know, change your diet habit and take this there's absolutely a significant improvement through time. But once again, there's no such a thing as magical bullet in medicine. You have to put the time and effort and you have to change your lifestyle. This is a component with your lifestyle that you will see that transformation a little faster or sooner and continue to do that. But once again, it's a continuous reminder. If you take this every day, three times a day, it's one one ounce. It's a continuous reminder that you're not behaving. As soon as your diet changes, the taste changes. So once your diet back to normal, the taste is back to normal. Excellent. And that sounds like, a, I mean, I, I actually take it myself. So yeah, I have to agree with you. It does, it does change a little bit. Well, um, I can, I can attest to that. It was really <laughs> difficult to drink at first, but oh, yeah. the more I changed, the more I did, it definitely tasted better. It, I could tell my body was changing and I've dealt with stomach issues, digestive issues for a very long time. And I noticed a difference. I mean, I noticed a a definite difference. So I, I think it, people ask me, what does it do? What does balanced selling do for you? I, I always tell them nothing, but what it does is it allow your body to do what it's supposed to do. So optimizes your internal clock internally to perform better all your system, you know, boost your immunity. So therefore you're resistant to getting sick. It goes a lot higher, right? Or mm -hmm. if you are sick, you know, becoming, uh, you know, get it like the, it shortened that duration of whatever viral or, you know, bacterial infection, et cetera, you have. So, you know, we have a lot of people, I work with NBA player, basketball, you know, NFL player, we have worked with them and they love it because it, you know, obviously because it uh, reduces or provide buffering system for lactic acid production. So therefore their recovery time is a lot better and they could perform better at aerobic state a lot longer. So it does a lot more for everybody at a different level. So it's just uh, absolutely been a blessing to, to be part of that because it transforms so many lives. That's awesome. That's awesome. And uh, how can, uh, uh, how can, how can actually, how can people actually purchase uh, balance seven? I think uh, so there's uh, through Amazon as well as the website balance7.com. That's the word balance7.com. Excellent. And how can people account, how can people uh, stalk you on social media, Doc? <laughs> at Dr. Norastani. And you can have, uh, you know, ask a question with Dr. at balance7. And we got that, you know, the TikTok, YouTube, et cetera. And, uh, you know, trying to finish up a book. And we're going to have a show pretty soon. So I'm pretty sure we're going to see you guys and hopefully your audience pretty soon. Awesome. 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 Well, thank you so much, Dr. Nurasani, for being on the Navarro Miller Report. We hope to have you on here again very soon. Hopefully it wasn't too painful for you. <laughs> oh, I love that I had so much time. Thank you guys for making it so much fun. Now, I was telling Dave, I, you know, I usually go as an expert on whatever topic it is, whether it's, you know, you know heart disease, you know, preventative services, you know, uh, holistic medicine. So this was really fun for me uh, to just, you know, be out and just be me and have fun and enjoy and, you know, just in process. And you guys made it absolutely fun for me. So thank you guys for making it easy. Thank you. Uh, yes, I appreciate it. Our pleasure, Doc. Our pleasure. Uh, and that's the news. In case you haven't heard it, thank you so much for being here and watching the Navarro Miller Report on the brand new The Darkening Podcast Network. Uh, we will be here every Friday from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, so make sure you watch out for that. And uh, make sure you join me every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday on the ride home with Dave Navarro, which I'll be playing a lot of awesome music for you guys. Uh, add me on my Instagram and on my TikTok if you guys have any song requests. Uh, Jeremy, I know that you've been hearing my my show, right? I don't know what you're talking about. I told you I'm not saying any of that live. 
I, I, I that's hurtful. I need the promotion. You, you get no you? compliments from me while we're live. <laughs> it, it, it is that bad? <laughs> Wait a minute. Nah, it's actually really good. I just hate See, giving just you got, many compliments. See, I just got you one. I got you a compliment. It's not that bad. <laughs> oh my god. Well, thanks everybody for watching. I'm your host, Dave Navarro, along with this pain in my butt right here. I'm Jeremy Miller. We'll see you guys next week, next Friday. And Doc, again, thanks so much for being here with us. And uh, we will see you all next time. Have a great night, everybody, and have a great weekend. You have been listening to The Navarro Miller Report. This episode of the Navarro Miller Report was brought to you by the Dorkening Podcast Network and sponsored by Deadly Grounds Coffee.